created us to be in a relationship with Him. For a moment in time, we walked with God. But soon after creation, we chose to disobey God, and sin entered into the picture. Instead of fellowship with God, we became His enemy. Peace turned into chaos. We worshiped the created over the Creator. We chose our ways over His. We were lost and without hope. But God demonstrated His love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus came and took our place. He carried our sins to the cross and paid our penalty. And three days later, he rose again. His victory became ours. His sacrifice became our freedom. His blood washed away our sins. In Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. Jesus changed everything. Jesus changed everything. I hope that you have already 
experience that, because that really is the good news of Easter, the fact that Jesus Christ, not only was he raised and is alive, but that he brings us alive along with him. That really is, that's the best news of Easter. I mean, a chocolate bunny's great, but how much can a bunny do for you, right? Thank God that we get the really good news uh, of Christ and and his, his raising us up. I love how that video ends, just with a Christ-energized life, because that really is what it's all about. I hope you'll pull out these notes that Raquel mentioned to you, and find yourself a pen. I'm going to ask you to write down a couple of things. I think it might help you to get a little more out of it. We're actually going to look at Easter and uh, Jesus coming out of that tomb from the book of Acts, because it's here where we see what took place after he walked out of that tomb. Jesus actually, for 40 days after his resurrection, walked and talked to, the Bible tells us, 500 different people. And here in the book of Acts, we see it. When you don't see this picture, you're kind of like, well, he, he's alive, and we celebrate that, but it's like we don't know what he did. We know exactly what he did. And it starts here in verse 3, and this is, hopefully this is the Easter we're going to experience, is the same one they did, where he comes alive to us. Verse 3, again, at the top of your notes here, number 1, during the 40 days, this is talking about Jesus after his crucifixion. He appeared to the apostles from time to time, several times during these 40 days. He appeared to them and he proved to them in many ways he was actually alive. Let me just stop there. And again, that's the Easter we're all wanting is for him to prove to us. And I would just challenge you, if you're you're here and you've yet to have that experience where uh, Christ has proved himself to you and you know for a fact that he's alive and God is real and, and you feel his presence in your life, I would just strongly encourage you just to pray a simple prayer and ask God to to reveal himself to you, to prove himself to you, because notice that Jesus proved himself to them, and Jesus still handles that personally. Uh, We can do, I'll do my best, I could do my best to give you my story, and you know, I, I believe and thank God for all the historical evidence that we have, but you know, quite honestly, that's not really the reason that I or pretty much anybody believes. The reason we believe is he shows up personally. There was a day in our own lives, or certainly a day in my life, where he just showed up. He he revealed himself in such a powerful way, just couldn't deny it. And again, he proved himself to them, so pray that. If that is yet to become real, pray that and ask God to reveal himself and prove himself to you. Well, he proved himself to these people and that he was alive, and this first group, man, they got it. They got it. Not only did uh, they experience Christ and his resurrection, but they came alive themselves. And because of that, they went sharing that message, and there's over 2 billion people gathered today celebrating Easter who claim to have a faith in Jesus Christ. And it it all came out of this room because these guys got it, and and they came alive. Notice this scripture. The Bible tells us that, and can we do this? Let's just read this scripture aloud. Can we read this aloud together? He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. There you see that, that same, I've men, been mentioning that they came alive. And that's what he says, that God, the same God who raised Christ, the real proof of it is he comes alive in you. He gives life to you. He energizes your life with the power of his spirit that lives in you. And that's really where the proof is. That's where the joy is. And again, this first group, man, they got it. They came alive and they experienced that. And would you write that down under number one? Just an energized Easter that's the Easter that we want, one with where we experience that, that energy of Christ in our own lives. Well, we know that Jesus only stayed with them for 40 days after his resurrection, and he'd been telling them that he was going to leave. In fact, we read here, if you look at number two, 
just days before the cross, he, he was telling them that, guys, I'm going to be leaving you. I'm going to be leaving. And here's how he described it to them. You see it there in John 14. Number two, Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another advocate. Jesus was talking to his disciples. He's saying, I've been an advocate. I've been a source of strength to you. I've been your comforter, your helper. I've been that advocate to you. But I'm going to, I'm going to leave him, Jesus said, and I'm going to send another one who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. Jesus is saying, I'm leaving. I'm leaving physically, but, but my spirit is going to come into this world, and he, he's going to take my place. He's never going to leave you. And notice what Jesus says after that, verse 18. He says, I'm not, I will not abandon you as orphans. Jesus says, I will come to you. That's interesting. A couple of verses earlier, he said the Holy Spirit is going to come to us, and now he says, no, I'm going to come to you. Sometimes the Trinity is hard to, for our brains to wrap around, but the Holy Spirit actually is the Spirit of Christ. It's the Spirit of Jesus. That who, that's who the Holy Spirit is. And that's what Jesus meant. He said, I'm leaving physically, but by the power of my Holy Spirit, I'm going to come, I'm going to return to you, and I'm going to empower you to live that life. Well, again, we know that it was their job to go carry this message out to the world. And you know the first thing, if you see under the second scripture, under number two there, I imagine they felt a lot of pressure. You know, let's go get out this message. Well, the first thing he actually tells them is not to, you know, get running after it. The first thing he says is, gang, if you don't wait for the power of my spirit, you're going to fail. You're going to flop, and you don't have a chance. Look at, the, look at the scripture there, again, under number two, the second scripture under number two, Jesus this is, again, during these 40 days where he's, he's walking with them. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem. Notice that. First thing, rather than go, you know, let's, let's get sharing this news. You know, happy news, happy Easter. Let's get to spreading the news. No. His first command is don't even try it. Don't even get out of this room, guys, because you don't have a shot. In your strength and in your energy, without the power of my spirit, you're going to flop. Anybody ever flopped before at anything in your life? Yeah, we've all had a flopperoo a time or two when you just, you just try to do something out of your own, you know, the gas in your tank. Jesus said, don't do that. So what are they supposed to do? Well, look at verse five. He says, now here's what's gonna happen. Here's how this is gonna work. Jesus says, John baptized with water, but in a few days, you're gonna be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He goes on in verse eight. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what he's been describing to them. That is the, you see the notes of the energizer, that, that power that he's talking about, that is the real proof in the Christian message. Do you know that every religion on planet Earth tells its people to love and to give and to serve? That's universal. The Christian faith does not own that, that command to love your neighbor as yourself can be found in every religion. So what is distinct about Christianity? There's actually only one thing that is completely distinct about it, and that is a resurrection a resurrection that empowers us to actually do it. Everybody knows they're supposed to love and give and serve. I mean, that again, everybody knows that. People who don't even have faith in God know they're supposed to do that. What is completely different, absolutely different, is the empowerment to do it. And that's, each one of us individually can receive that and walk in that power. The power to give, the power to love, and the power to, to serve. He said here now that this, the Holy Spirit, Jesus was saying, that he's going to empower you. And if you remember back in John 14, he said that 
The main power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will do many things, but he said the main power is the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. And that's probably the most powerful thing that the Holy Spirit does for us is he guides us into truth. He just reveals truth to you. He has this amazing power of just showing you something you've never seen before. And sometimes it's even something corrective. But when the Holy Spirit does it, it comes with an energy to it. It comes with a life to it that even when you're getting corrected, it's like, oh, it feels good because it, it just, it cleanses you. I'm going to tell you just a quick story of, of just one example in my life. I mean, the main thing that the Holy Spirit does is he reveals Christ. He's the one who just shows you, he just like puts a new pair of glasses on you and you just see God. You recognize God's reality. But there are many other truths that he reveals. I'm going to tell you a story of just a day in my life when he opened my eyes to show me what real love was like, what, what it really meant to be a Christian. Up to that point, I, I thought I was doing great. Actually, he was talking to me about my marriage and showing me what real love looked like in a marriage. Now, up to that point, I thought I was doing great. Now, Raquel and I were struggling, but that was her fault, you understand. I was hitting home run after home run. I was doing awesome, but we were having some struggles, and my my point, my method up to that point in our relationship to improve things was this, to sit her down and lecture her as to how she was failing. Anybody ever tried that one before? How how does that, has anybody ever gotten that to work once, ever, ever? Has anybody ever, that lecture never works, does it? It wasn't really working, it was working as well for me as it has done for you. So I'm not, you know, that's not, things are kind of struggling, but again, I think I'm doing great. And I just have this moment. I wish I had more time to describe it, but the Holy Spirit has this way of just showing you truth in a moment. And I saw it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Real love is more concerned with what it's giving than what it's getting. Real love is a servant. And I realize, oh my goodness, I'm like a million miles from that. I'm not even close. I'm like striking out completely. I, I'm doing the same thing everybody without faith in Christ has, and that's just fighting for my own rights. You know, that basically describes the human race. Just look out for number one. Look out for me. That really was my life up to that point. I didn't see it until he showed it to me. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, his power will guide you into all truth. I saw it in a moment. And when I saw it, probably the best news of Easter is that not only does the Holy Spirit show you what's wrong or even a solution, it's not just truth he shows you. He actually empowers you to do something about it. That's the best news. Well, when I saw that, I got so excited because I realized, again, it just comes with this faith that, man, I can do this. I can do this. And I realized I'm going to be loving her for the rest of my life. I'm going to be serving her for the rest of my life. I'm going to quit fighting for my own rights, and I'm going to fight to serve her. And I was getting excited about it. I realized I'm going to be helping her her whole life. I'm going to, I was just thinking of all the ways I'm going to help her. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help her cooking with all my cooking pointers for the rest of her life. She so loves those pointers that I give to her. Very helpful pointers. I, I realize I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there, and, and I'm probably going to be helping her with her walker when she's old, because I'm going to be in great shape, of course. I'll probably be visiting her in the nursing home when we're old. When I'm, now, she sees that playing out a little bit differently than I do, but that, that, nonetheless, nonetheless, um, you know, it really is just, I, I just, when I saw it, though, just the, the life that came into me. Would you write that down under number two? Because what we're really describing is an energized life. 
And I just came alive. And I realized, my gosh, I'm going to be loving her. And when that revelation came to me, I recognized I've, I've got to act on this. I've got to do something. It was so powerful to me. I knew I was different, so I wanted something physical to be different. And I looked down, and I saw her wedding ring. I bought her wedding ring when I was like 20 years old, and I was, I've always been a tightwad, but then I was actually broke and a tightwad together. So this was, I mean, I, I think potentially when they were cutting real diamonds, they found something on the floor. They're like, ah, that might work, and they, they made a diamond out of it. I mean, this thing was not... This was a flake of a diamond, actually. And I just looked, I saw that, and I realized that just kind of came to, to crystallize in my mind the old Brian. I'm like, oh, that's got to change. That's got to change today. So I got her in the car. We drove to the store, and I'm like telling her, baby, I love you. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm different. I'm going to serve you. I'm so sorry for the old way. I, I've, I'm so sorry for how I've treated you. This is changing today. I get her to the store, and she's a little bit, you know, she's wondering, you know, who, who are you, and what have you done with my husband? You know, she's wondering. And so we start looking for rings, and she's, again, she's a little uncomfortable because she doesn't know if there's anything new. And she's like, she's trying to talk me out of it. She's like, no, no, really, Brian, this old piece of junk is fine. Really, it's okay. And I'm like, no, this love has got to be expressed. We get into the store and I hear myself saying things to her in front of the salesperson that I've trained my sons to never say. (laughs) Things like, honey, we're going to get a ring today no matter what the cost. I'm like, I'm having this out-of-body experience listening to myself saying, I can't believe, don't say that, man. You know, so we shop for a while longer. And after a while again, she gets a little more uncomfortable. She says, no, no, really, let's just, let's just hold this off. And I just realized, man, I'm going to have to convince her how serious I am. I, I'm going to have to put my foot down. So finally, I, I just told her, I said, honey, I am so in love with you. We are not leaving Walmart without a new ring on that finger. Put my foot down. What are you guys laughing about? I'm just, I'm teasing you. We were at Target, actually. (laughs) I actually am having a little fun, but this is a true story. It actually happened. We weren't at Walmart or Target, but here's my real point. My real point is this. Every human being wants to live a life overflowing with love and joy and passion. Everybody wants that. Whether you have faith or not, you want that. And here's the truth. Just to live up to your own standards, forget God's standards, just your own. Just to live up to your own standards. Gang, we disappoint ourselves. Just to live up to your own standards, you're going to need a source of power beyond yourself. Can't be done without and I was just having this experience with, with an energy outside, and it changed me. It, it changed that. There's something about when you're kind of into yourself that there's something about you're not very generous, whether it's financially, but just with your, your heart, your, your time, your energy. You're just not very generous. Generosity really isn't a part when you're about yourself. And that was changing. And thank God, you know, that ring changed. And you know what? Since that day, it really has been different. You know, and here's what I can't dictate. I can't dictate a change uh, for Raquel or, or for my family. But you know what every one of us in this room are in complete control of? What you're in complete control of is your own heart. Because here's what nobody can deny you. 
Nobody can deny you the pleasure, the joy, the grace that flows into your heart and into your life when you truly get it and you become the servant. You start fighting for the bottom rather than the top. Nobody can deny you the joy and the grace that floods your soul, your soul, your own life. You start living with the energy of God when you start following the real Jesus who taught us to fight for the bottom rather than to fight for the top. What God ultimately tells you tells us is, Jesus said, follow me, do what I did, lay your life down, and watch, Jesus says, God will lift you up. Quit, quit trying to promote yourself, let God do that. He says, follow me, fight for the bottom. Come on, gang, fight for the bottom, fight to serve. And nobody can deny you the joy that comes to you when you finally get that straight and start living that lifestyle. Now, since that day, and, and to do that, you have to put yourself in a spot where you can be taken advantage of. The real Christian life, undeniably, is lived in such a way you can do it without potentially being taken advantage of. Can't be done. And you will. You'll be taken advantage of a time or two. But for every one story you'll have of being taken advantage of, you'll have a hundred stories of how you've reaped more than you've sown. Because God is the one. People may take advantage of you on occasion, but God is the rewarder. God is the one who brings that back. And yes, you're going to have to put yourself in a spot again and again and again where I might be taken advantage of. Yes, by a salesperson, but more than that, by your own family, by, by the world that he calls you to serve. Did you, and by the way, God wants your family to be a place of joy. My family's a different, different place today. Kelly and I aren't having those same struggles we had. And God wants your life, your marriage, your life, your family to be a place of joy. Family is just a huge part of God's design. By the way, have you ever noticed in the Easter story that the 40 days following Christ's resurrection, have you ever noticed what a big part family plays? Jesus' own family. Look down at number three here at your notes. And verse 14 that we're about to read is the very next verse after Jesus has just left for heaven. The verses just before is Jesus ascending to heaven, and here's the next verses, verse 14. They all met together. They would be the disciples, a very small band at this point. They all met together, were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the brothers of Jesus. Have you ever noticed that before? That Mary gets mentioned on the cross, Jesus talks to Mary, that, I mean, we all know that Mary dominates the Christmas story. She steals that show. Here she's showing up again. Gang, there is only one possible way that Mary's still in the game. Only one possible way. If she was a normal person with just normal, crabby, you know, fight for my way mentality, she's not still advancing the church. If she had had a normal human mentality of just fight for me, now, just picture her. The last thing Jesus has said is he's left the planet saying, saying, go into all the world. If she was crabby, Mary, here's what she would have been thinking. Oh, sure. Go into all the world. Great, Jesus. You, leave, you go to heaven and you leave me here holding the bag. It's kind of been our whole life story, Jesus. I mean, the whole virgin birth thing. I took all the heat for that. You didn't take any of the heat for that, did you? No, no, I took all the heat. And then I gave birth to you in a barn. Thank you very much. That was a joy. Now we're saying if, if, big if. We're, we're pretending she's crabby, Mary. She wasn't, but if she was, who thinks the barn thing might bug you? If you're crabby, it might bug you, you know? And then she'd, th- then she'd be thinking, 
And then I put all that energy into raising you, and I get it. Okay, you're the son of God, but your diapers smell just like your brother's. Really? And then she had to go through all those years of figuring out what his mission was and who he was, and the Bible's pretty clear. There were some tough years there of her figuring it out. It It was a challenging mission to understand. And after, about the time she gets it figured out, She's got to go to the cross and watch him be crucified. I mean, mom, how, how would that do for you? Watching your son hang naked on a cross in front of the world, die just the most miserable death. I think if she had been, if she had had a normal human mindset, she'd be, be like, okay, and now you leave and I'm supposed to carry on the message. Sorry, but I'm, O-U, I'm out, O-U-T. I'm out. Now, how do we know for a fact That wasn't her mentality because God's work never gets done that way. The kingdom of God never gets advanced by crabby people. It doesn't. It just doesn't work that way. The kingdom of God gets advanced by the spirit of God, by people empowered by the spirit of God, and you cannot be empowered by the spirit of God and crabby at the same time. Some of us have tried. It doesn't work. I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and crabby, but you can't be advancing his kingdom. Now, when you're advancing it, you have his spirit, his joy, his energy, his life. If you look under number four, we see the, the family, the, the, the family of Christ. I think, I've, I think I've given you number three. If I have a number three, it was an energized family. I think I gave you that already. The family he wants you to have. But number four is an energized church family. That's what he wants you to have. Mary became the epicenter, I wouldn't say the epicenter, but right at the middle of this new movement. And what you see under number four there is, is God, this is the first photograph of the church. God takes it, wasn't it good for him? Just take a little snapshot, throw it in there, of this new group of people just a few days after the resurrection of Christ. Now, thousands of people are gathering because they have faith in him. And here's our first picture of the church. Number four, Acts 2.44, all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. Everybody say everything. Wow. They shared everything they had. Okay. It gets deeper. They sold their property. What? They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Wow. Verse 46. They worshiped together at the temple each day. I think I get a reward just for coming to church once a week. Why do you, do you think they were getting, do you think they were going to church because it was just part of the rules? Like, all right, got, come on, get the kids up, gotta go. They're going every day because they're plugging into something that's energizing. They have found something real. They've found something alive. They have found something that is giving life to them. You know, there are things that you do every day, things you enjoy. When you find something you really enjoy, you're like, I'm going back. That's what they're doing. Notice the end. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Will you repeat that last phrase with me? Great joy and generosity. One more time. Great joy and generosity. If I ask somebody who knew you how to describe you, is that how they would describe you? Would they say, man, they're, they're full of joy. They're a, they're, they're a bucket of laughs and they're really generous. They're just really generous. Is that, is that how somebody would describe you? 
let me make you a guarantee. If you are full to overflowing with God's spirit, God's energy, you cannot be full of God's spirit and not be generous because there's something that happens to the human brain when you get a revelation that this God who's created you, who has died on the cross, he's paid your price, he's purchased your eternity, you get this overwhelming revelation that he's already taken care of everything. He's already taken care of and fear just flies out the window. Giving, tithing, none of that. It doesn't even scare you anymore because you know that God has got it all covered and you quit feeling like you have to protect yourself. You quit fighting for yourself and hanging on. When you get that revelation, you realize God is taking care of everything and there's a lot more where this came from. There's a lot more. God's gonna take care of me. And it just, again, it's just a life of faith that we all wanna live. And you know, if we're, if we're really honest about that scripture, they shared everything they had, sold their, brought, let's just be honest. When you read that scripture from kind of an outsider's perspective, that, that pretty well represents everything I'm scared of in religion right there. Really? Sold their property? Right there. That, the preacher, that's exactly why I'm scared of church, right there. And I get it, because there are some nut houses are there, out there where, where people can take advantage of. I, I get it. That's not what was happening here. Nobody was demanding anything. This was, this was their heart. And, and even if that sounds like something you're afraid of, I promise you, this is actually your dream. Every human has a dream of finding something real worth building, finding some real people who have real hearts, who, who, who actually want to help each other and where it's mutual and, and you're, you have found a group of people who truly love God and love life and love you and you find a group to invest in and you always end up getting more than you give in that scenario. You always end up getting more. That's what they had found. And don't be, you know what? Many of us, I've done this in the past, wanting to protect myself, I threw the baby out with the bathwater, and I ended up in a spot where I had nothing even resembling real community. I had nothing even resembling, outside of my home, relationships that were life giving. I didn't have anything, I think I had some friends, people I'd call friends, but really that, I, I didn't have any of that. And I had to ask myself, okay, I, you know, I, I have a family here. We, we seem like we love each other. And why do I still have this hole in my chest? Why do I still feel a little empty? I, like most of us, grossly underestimate the amazing need to connect with God's people. At our, our last life group session, we have what we call life groups. They're just small groups of, of people. It's hard to get to know each other in a big room like this. Um, so we meet in smaller groups during the week. And now we take breaks in between sessions. So this was a little over a month ago. Uh, A member of the life group, Mark Bryant, many of you know Mark, um, just announced to us that he'd received some bad news from the doctor, that he'd been diagnosed with cancer. And he said several things. We had, you know, good conversation about it. But I'll never forget one of the things he said. And that was, and he said pretty much exactly these words. I can't wait to see how God works this out and glorifies himself through it. And when he said that, I mean, I could tell he meant it, but I'm like, you know, maybe, is he just saying the right thing? That's the kind of thing you'd say in church, right? And that's a church thing to say. I I thought he meant it, but I'm like, you know, let's just watch this. And I I stayed in close touch, talked to him 
pretty regular. You know, it's only been a little over a month, but, and I watched and listened to him, and that was real. He really believed that. Let me just take a pause here and just say, you know what? Every one of us want to face life with that kind of faith. We, we want to have, we want to, whether it's good news, bad news, medium, or just our normal jobs, our normal life, everybody wants to face life with this eternal optimism, this eternal faith that God is working things out and, and it's going to work out to his glory and good is going to come of this. Everybody wants to live with that kind of zeal. But again and again, you know, we start down that trail and we end up flopping. We end up crashing. And I think it's because we underestimate the amount of support that you need to maintain that kind of faith. That's not something you can maintain just with you and your Bible. It, it doesn't work that way. You have to keep that log on the fire. You can't separate that log and have that kind of zeal. Mark was tightly knit into a group of, of friends, friends of faith that were encouraging and supporting and praying with him and praying for him. And, and he's already received some amazingly good news. Thank God for that. But the real point of my story, my point of my story is that this is still available. Exactly what this church experienced, the, what you want, I don't even know, again, if I've told you to write this down, but number four is an energized church family. You want that. You want to be connected. And I am just warmly inviting you, uh, our next group, uh, it's only four weeks long, just like this current series, we're starting a series called The Energizer, it'll only be four weeks long. So you're already one-fourth of the way through the series. You might as well come back to get the next three, Right? But this life group session starts this week, and in the chair right in front of you are some booklets. Would you pull that out? There's, in, there, there's little booklets of all these different life groups, and these groups do all sorts of different things. Some of them just go walking together. Some of them go to a nursing home. Others have a meal together. They don't all do the exact same thing. Now, let, sometimes we so oversell these things that we make it sound like, I guarantee you. If you show up to one of these life groups, you're going to meet their, your best friend for life and they're going to change your world. I can't guarantee you that. It is, an, it is possible that you show up and they actually are weird. It's possible. Stranger things have happened. I doubt it. I doubt that. But, but it's possible, okay? Here's my point. Here's what I can guarantee you. I can't guarantee you you're going to find your best friend for life. What I can guarantee you is you, have a, you will have a chance to try. You will have a chance to move towards Christian community. You will have a chance, and that's all you are responsible for. And if there is to be something bigger and better, only God can breathe on that. Only God can give us those type of relationships. God, only God can break down those walls. But we want that to happen while we're sitting on the bench. You gotta get in the game. What it is is just a chance to get in the game. Just show up. That's what we're responsible for. We're, we're responsible to show up, and God's responsible to fill us up. God's the one who breaks down walls and opens our eyes and helps us to see, you know what, there's, there's nothing but reality here. There's real faith here. These people are real. They're not putting on a show. This is real. I'm encouraging you, show up, show up to one of those groups. I promise you, you will. There's nothing I can do to completely remove all the awkwardness of that first time showing up. There's nothing I can do. I mean, there's no way around it. That first time is like, hi, I, I get it, I get it. But gang, you've done tougher things than that before. You can do it, show up. I'm gonna 
just highlight two of them, not because they're more important, but because maybe they're a little easier if you're here for the first time or you're, you're considering this for the first time. Let me highlight two of them that might be even easier for you. And that's this, because you probably have at least a mild degree of comfort with Raquel and I, uh, with Pastor Tom and Christine. And we, do, we run groups that do exactly the same things. We eat from 6 to 6.30. It's a potluck, so if you want to bring something, bring it. If you don't have time to cook before then, there is enough food, I promise you. Just show up for a free meal. There's a good excuse right there. We meet right outside those doors. We eat from 6 to 6.30, and then we have a short discussion about God's word. We're going to actually be discussing this truth right here of, of Christ as our energizer and just how that plays out in our life. And even as I say that, don't be concerned that you're going to be called upon, put on the spot, and you have to answer like a Bible trivia question or something. None of that. If you don't want to talk, you don't even have to talk. But you're going to end up meeting somebody. You're going to end up, again, just putting your toe in that pool of Christ's family and give him a chance to stir something something deeper, something bigger in your life. Maybe this is your year to go beyond believing. You know, just the fact that you're here, you you probably wouldn't be here if you didn't believe, but to go beyond believing and to start being, being a Christ follower, being. It really does. It makes a difference, and there is joy. There is energy in Christ's spirit. There is, but you've got to get in the middle of it. One final thing, and I'm going to wrap up and let you go. In your bulletin is a little white card, a little prayer card. Will you pull that out? It's got a little prayer printed on it. And it says this, Jesus, give me your energy to serve my family, my church, my world. I'm going to make this really simple. I'm asking you, take that home, put it in your car, on your dash, on your fridge. And for the next four weeks, just pray that. Pray that. Because it is, it is his energy that empowers us. That is the fundamental difference between the Christian faith. It's free grace. It's free. There's something bigger than me. There's something outside me that strengthens me to to live a different life. A life that everybody wants to live. Everybody, again, even people who don't have faith want to love and give and serve. Pray this prayer. Let's read that aloud together. Can we just read that prayer aloud together? Jesus Give me your energy to serve my family, my church, and my world. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And I just want to pray for you as we wrap this up today. Father God, thank you for Easter. Jesus, you are alive. And our greatest proof is what you've done in our lives, the resurrection you've brought to our own hearts, our own families, our own marriages, our own world, right around us. Jesus, thank you for that amazing, amazing grace that you fill us with. Lord, we want to be those people who go beyond just believing to being empowered to live that life. So we ask you, God, just give us grace, Lord, just to keep praying that prayer for four weeks and see a change in our own lives. Lord, I pray for every every life group that meets this coming week. Just may everyone that goes just find a little bit more of you, a little bit more of your life and your joy. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. amen.